0: Okay, so we are in the Lenten season right now, you know, and growing up, I didn't observe Lent because it wasn't part of my upbringing. I only found out about Lent after I came to the United States and went to an Anglican church when I was still a student at Denver Seminary. So I learned that during Lent, a lot of Christians in the whole world, see these 40 days as a time of observation and preparation for the celebration of the death and resurrection of our Christ Jesus Lord. And that it starts on Ash Wednesday and concludes on Easter Sunday. So during Lent, Christians are preparing their heart and minds to be ready for remembrance Jesus' life, death, and body's resurrection. Some Christians observe land by giving something up or fasting. So fasting is not my thing, you know. Actually in Taiwan, when we, we were still students at, Denver, uh, at in Taiwan seminary, we are kind of taught, you know, to fast. And then the pastor uh, of my first church that I did my internship, he was very into fasting. He fasted a lot of times. I was just like, oh no, is it one of the requirements to be interns here to fast? You know, So that is my weakness. Thankfully, it is not on my job description that I have to fast for the church. So there's a long list of ideas about what to give up during Lent, especially the things that are dear to you and difficult for, for you to give up on. Some people give up on coffee, Facebook, alcohol, sweets, or junk food. So after attending the Ask Wednesday service, on the way home, I told myself, if I have to give up sweets during this Lenten season, because you know, Pastor George gave us a long list of things to give up on, and then one of them give up on your bed. I said, no way, I just got my king size bed. Two days ago, I cannot give up on my bed. So on the way home from the the Ash Wednesday service, I told myself I, I told myself I should go to charity. If you don't know charity, you know, that is the boba milk tea place by my house, so I can indulge myself in the sweetness of the drink that I enjoy the most. So I'm just like, okay, I have to go to charity immediately. Let my land start the next day. Sounds like a good plan. And then I tried to justify myself not to order my regular boba milk tea. Instead, I ordered the winter melon tea with no sugar. So that first sip of the winter melon tea, I was just like, oh, it is amazing because it's so sweet, even though it's without sugar. The owner told me just like, it is still sweet without sugar. So am I going to give up on sugar during this Lenten season? Well, I got up the next. You know, they and poured myself chocolate cereal with milk and ate, ate a slice of white bread with orange jam. Then for lunch, I heated up chicken corn chowder soup. And the last time I checked, there were six grams of sugar in my soup and also sugar in my cereal and jam. Oh no, I told myself, just like, I'm not going to make it. This is just like the second day. Everything is made of sugar in this country. And then as a true Indonesian, I put sweet soy sauce in almost every dish I make as well. You know, Rachel's know because she used to live in Indonesia. So in less than 24 hours since Lent started, I told myself, I probably wouldn't be able to give up on sugar after all. Let me find another thing to give up. And then my brain is trying to convince me and keeps telling me, Ruth, if sugar, is the biggest temptation in your life, you are still a good Christian because your sugar intake will not hinder you from following Christ. Sounds like a good plan. But our lives are surrounded by a lot of temptation that appears in the form of unseen sugar. In the sweet tea, you cannot see the sugar. In cereal, soup, or jam. All this temptation can be very sweet and appealing, but can dangerously become the invitation to sin. So when Jesus was fasting for 40 days and tempted by Satan in the wilderness, so if Jesus fell into the trap of Satan and said yes to prove himself as the son of God by showing off his abilities to change the stone to bread, oh, stone become bread, you know, or to prove himself as the son of, God, as a son of God who could order the angels to catch him if he threw himself from the highest point of the temple. Just imagine, he just fell, and just, angels come and catch me, you know, or agreed to bow down to Satan so that he could get to the kingdom immediately without dying on the cross, then Jesus' ministry would have been over before it even started. And even at the end of his ministry, he was tempted by the mocking of the people who asked him to prove himself as the son of God by releasing himself from the cross. When I pondered the ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I realized what I have to give up not only during this land season, but the rest of my life is not sugar or any form of sweetness, but I have to give up on my E-G-O. What is E-G-O? Ego. That's right. English teacher, you know, I have to give up on my ego. So how, Do I give up on my ego? How do I give up on my ego? First, by focusing on Jesus who gave himself up. So our first point, by focusing on Jesus who gave himself up. So I will read from Philippians 2, 6 to 8. Our Lord, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient of death, even death on the cross. Jesus Christ came to this world more than 2000 years ago with a mission to be obedient and to die on the cross. He faced a lot of difficulties since he was conceived by Mary. Facing temptation before he began his ministry and throughout his ministries, he also faced a lot of difficulties. But Jesus was focused on God and focused on the cross by making himself take the nature of a servant. And because of Jesus' obedience, the first thing that he had to do when he started his ministry was to choose the 12 disciples. From these 12 disciples, one would deny him, one betrayed him, one didn't believe his resurrection, and the rest of the and the rest of them pretty much just ran away when Jesus was arrested except for John, you know? I believe Jesus could see the, the the future when and how he would die. Do you want to have that kind of superpower to know how and when you die, you know? And then he also knew that Judas Iscariot, one of his, his disciples would be the traitor who handed him with a kiss, okay, to the armed men sent by the priests and the elders of the people. And then these religious leaders would condemn him and hand him over to the Gentiles who would cause him great suffering and crucify him. So imagine the person whom you shared life and meals with every single day for more than three years would be the one who sent you to the cross. So as a normal person, I wouldn't have wanted to make a friends with someone if if I had the ability to foresee that the person would harm me in the future, no way, you know. As a regular person, if I'm hurt by someone, there's a real possibility that person will be cut out of my life I can forgive, but that doesn't mean I can still be friends with the person. Do you agree? If the hurt is too deep. May God forgive me to say this, okay? you know, Because the pastor always say, you have to forgive. But I'm just like, it is difficult to forgive people when you get hurt, you know? Especially when you see somebody, you know, who hurt you in the grocery, you're just like, oh my goodness. And then you just like run away. I'm just like, why I should be the one who run away? You know, why is not the person have to hide from me? Right? So Jesus humbled himself and kept loving Judas and the rest of his disciples. And then it is hard to love the people who hurt you. It is even harder to love those whom you know will hurt you in the future. Have you been hurt by the person you love dearly? Your spouse, neighbors, your own kids, you know? Have you been hurt by the person who who was supposed to protect you? Have you been hurt by the person you respect? If the answer is yes, 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 you are not alone, okay? When we focus on Jesus who gave himself up, you know, even even though when you got hurt, bring your pain to God and cry out to him and then he may comfort you. Bring our pain to God and ask him to give us strength so we may forgive. Because Jesus loved his disciples so much that when he knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Even though he knew the devil had already been prompted, Judas the son of Iscariot to betray him, he still bent down and washed every disciple's feet and shared his last meal with them. I cannot imagine, you know, if I have to wash someone's feet, right? Especially the person who hurt me. When we allow the love of God to overflow in our heart instead of bitterness of our own ego, it doesn't mean everything will have a happy ending because Jesus still had to go to the cross and be crucified. When we love someone who doesn't deserve our love remember God loved us first even though we don't deserve his love We are like his disciples who shared the meals with Jesus at the tables and then we do it once a month here during communion you know even though it's just like very small piece of bread we should have a big celebration for communion sometimes you know but we are also the ones who betray God like the disciples by following our own desire and ego. If God can change our hearts, He can also change others' hearts. So this is the exercise that I want you to give to you right now, okay, that we can practice because probably you will forget my sermon five minutes after you leave this place. Okay, so whisper the name of the person whom you have hard time loving right now, whisper the name. Confess to God that you don't have any love for this person at this very moment. Ask God to take care of this matter. Ask God to change that person and your heart. So we'll just like spend, you know, 15 seconds, just like whisper that person's name. If you are not hurt right now, it's really good for you, you know, but if you are the one who hurt other people, just like, God, probably I've already hurt this person without me knowing. Just like whisper the person's name, you know. Ask God to give you the strength to love this person. Even you cannot be friends with this person anymore, but at least ask God to bless him or her And then the person that I whisper is the Russian president Putin and all the people who follow him, okay. May God change the hearts, you know, and I read just like, oh, we are, we should not just like pray for peace. We have to pray for a miracle. Nobody can change this man's heart. Okay, nobody can change the hearts of the people who follow him. So we have to pray that God, you know, change Putin's heart and stop this war and ask God to protect all the people in both Ukraine and Russia who are suffering from this war. And may God give wisdom and actions from the leaders of the world to interfere and end this war. We need a miracle to change Putin's heart. We need a miracle to change the people who hurt us. When we focus on the cross, we focus on Jesus who gave himself up. But we also have to remember why he died for us. That's why we have to accept his forgiveness. That's the reason he died for us, to forgive us. So at the end, in the midst of the shouting of the crowd to crucify Jesus and all the mocking, Jesus who was on the cross saying, forgive them. They know not what they do. I don't know if he said out loud, or he was just like, forgive them. You know, they don't know what they do. Those words were intended for Judas, for all the people who wanted Jesus to die and for us. When I was reflecting on those words, forgive them, they know not what they do. It was clear that Judas betrayed Jesus and the people wanted him to die. Jesus was in a lot of pain at that moment, you know. Yesterday when one of my students, I mean, three students got hurt, but one has a very deep cut. And we were waiting in the, you know, in the ER for a long time. And then he, she only got the stitches four hours after she got to ER. And then I saw the wound. I'm just like, oh, this is bad. And then just like, oh, why the doctor is not here? Where's the doctor? You know, just imagine. I just I could only imagine what Jesus had failed at that very moment. And then I said, no problem, I'm going to write bad review after we leave this hospital. You know? That's me, I always write review because I like to be a review as well, okay? So I will write review for everyone who performs bad. I say, forgive them. And then there's a funny story about the situation yesterday. So. You know, after she got one stitch, the doctor got a phone call and then she said, okay, wait a minute. And then he just left to get the phone call for 15 minutes and then come back again. Just like, why, you know, why do you do that? Probably at that moment, I was just like so mad, you know, it's like, seriously, even though I'm not the one who got hurt, you know, it's just difficult, you know, to say, forgive them when you are in a lot of pain. How in the world didn't the people know, you know, what they were doing? So when we are hurt and in a lot of pain, we focus on the pain and then we keep pressing on the rewind button, you know, and how we got hurt. And we just remember how we got hurt and we would analyze every detail, every word, every action of the person who hurt us that's me, I'm just like, hmm, how did Kyle hurt me? Okay, that's why I don't want to write a journal. Otherwise I'll go back and forth, you know, to read the journal, you know, I'm just like try to forget. But God give me a wonderful gift that I remember everything that people say to me. So it is so easy to rewind everything, you know. Because we would analyze every detail, every word, every action of the person who hurt us. It is nearly impossible for us to say, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. So from my personal experience, when I have hard time letting go of pain that was caused by others, I will tell God, this is my pain. And this is the person who caused my pain. I will say the person's name out loud. and the. Surprisingly, the person is oblivious. Please show the person what she or he has done to me. Whether or not the person will repent, it is out of my control, okay? God give me the strength to move forward and not to move backward. It will take time to heal, but you are my God and I trust that you will take care of the matter. Help me to do my part that will glorify you. Remember that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins by giving himself up. So confess our sins and accept his forgiveness. We cannot help and force others to confess their sins. You know, I actually like to do that. I should be a, a police, you know,
1: confess your
0: sin. You know, is this what you do? because I can be tricky because since I remember everything what people say, you know. We cannot force other people to confess his sins. And unfortunately, some people think they don't deserve to be forgiven and would live in guilt and shame like Judas, who would not forgive himself after he saw that Jesus was condemned, you know. Some people say sorry so easily, you know. Some people feel they don't, get, they don't deserve to get, you know, forgiveness. So Judas was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I could just imagine just like how he threw the 30 pieces of silver. I don't want this anymore, you know. He confessed that he had sinned and had betrayed the innocent blood. However, he confessed to the wrong people, you know. He confessed his sins to the priests, the group of people who didn't regret that Jesus was being condemned since they were the real agents of Jesus' condemnation. For Judas, his situation was beyond and his problem was, his beyond control and his problem was beyond any solution. He was remorseful, but he didn't go to his rabbi, whom he had been following for three years. Did Judas actually follow Jesus, you know? Did he remember all of Jesus' teaching about forgiveness? Sometimes I wonder, you know, all the students who come to my house and eat for five years, and like, do they just remember the food that I cook for them? Or do they remember all the Bible lessons that I teach them, you know? So did Judas actually follow Jesus? Did he remember all Jesus' teaching about forgiveness? Did he remember how Jesus washed his feet and gave him the bread and wine? I believe he remembered everything, but his guilt overcame him. You know, he was in isolation and complete darkness. He was too shameful and believing himself forever condemned. He chose to commit suicide. He could never find forgiveness like Peter who found the forgiveness and had a stronger faith because of it. Just remember our forgiveness was not earned, but it is because the grace of God and we don't need to prove to God how sorry we are and keep living in sin. Because if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. The only thing that God will ask us to do is not to keep living in sin, which can be difficult sometimes, you know? Because remember your sins is like the, the sugar and the sweetness in the unseen form that you cannot even see sometimes, but it's there. But if we can focus on His cross to give us the strength, we can overcome our sin. So when you are in a situation beyond your control and a problem beyond your solution, either it is caused by your own sins or other people's sins, or it is not necessarily caused by sins because sometimes you are in trouble, you know? Who do you go to if you are not sure? Don't come to me. You know, I mean, sometimes you can come to me, you can count on me, you know, if you have car accident, I'll be the first one, go to the ER and then sit with you and cannot really bring comfort I'm just like, okay, let's go to the restaurant, you know, just feed the people, go to Jesus, okay? And if there is someone like Judas in your life who is beyond struggling you also give that person a second chance or a hundred or oh, hundred chances. Sometimes some people don't need a second chance. They need one hundred chances. Do you have that kind of person in your life who needs one hundred chances? I think my husband needs one hundred chances from me. You know, just like oh. remember none of us can change other people. But the love of God can. This love of God is shown to you and through you. You cannot share other people's gospel God love you, you know. The love of God is shown to you and through you. You know, we are the tool to share the love of God to people. If we haven't experienced God's grace and love, it is impossible to show others his grace and love. In the eyes of our Father, none of us is too messed up. None of us is too messed up, you know. Our Father chose to cover our mistakes with the blood of Jesus. Eventually, on the day of judgment, we'll be viewed as perfectly forgiven. So in this Lenten season, let us focus our eyes on the cross. On the cross, Jesus gave Himself up, but He also said, "Forgive them, for they know not what they do." You are forgiven. May you accept the forgiveness of God, so that we may forgive those who sins against us. When I invite us to come back here, you know. Just like reflect, I know we still have a lot of time, okay, 17 more minutes. You know, just just reflect on what I, I shared with you today. You know, how can we focus on the cross? How can we focus on the cross in this Lenten season? What should we do, you know? If you want to fast, you know, go ahead, okay? If you want to give up on sweet, Go ahead. I realize I'm not going to give up on my boba milk tea. <laughs> you know, I just cannot. I'm sorry, you know, but I cannot. I'm trying to give up on, you know, my ego to prove that I'm right. Okay, I'm right, and this is this is your fault. You know, you want me to list every fault that you have done to me. You know, I can. You know, if you have the time. I give up my ego and you know just focus on the cross how Jesus gave himself up ask God to forgive us because if we never experience the forgiveness of God it is difficult to forgive other people you know pray for all the people who have hurt you okay so let's just like spend several minutes here You know, to pray for ourselves and to thank God who come to us even before, even when we did not deserve it at all and still to love us. yourself that you can have the strength to go through this lent season. If you give up on food, alcohol, or giving up to be mean to other people, you know, just ask God to fill your heart we don't know how to pray, let us, you know, pray together the Lord's Prayer, because I know that there are a lot of uh, different, you know, Lord's Prayer, or different words, so let's just like pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that I prepared, we can just like recite it, and then say it slowly, okay, and then mean, mean, mean it when you say the Lord's Prayer. Let us recite this Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let's do it together. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors